630 Chad presents The Elks This Week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game. From the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. Hello, football fans, and welcome to the show for this week. We're going to check in with Dave Campbell a little bit later on in the program, but first to a conversation I had with Elks' new quarterback, McLeod Bethel-Thompson. The team snuck him into town a few weeks ago. In fact, it was Super Bowl weekend. He got to see the facilities. He spent some time with Elks fans at a tailgate meeting and then went to a Super Bowl watch party with some more Elks fans. Uh, I also had the pleasure that day of driving him around Edmonton and showing him some of the sights. And we had this conversation in the stands overlooking Commonwealth Stadium. Just a beautiful, beautiful stadium. And, and the, the idea of, of filling this thing up and get this, the crowd rocking is, is really exciting. You kind of feel the chills right now. Just um, I know it's going to be lower bowl to start, but I would love to get enough momentum that we can kind of fill up the upper bowl for, for something later in the year and, and get a big fan base here. Tell me about the games you've played here. Anything really stand out for you? There's a couple tough ones here. There's a couple good ones here, too. I mean, I think I've played here now f- four times three times here in Edmonton. It's just, it's just a good stadium. You know, it was one of those places that you walk into and it's like, this is a football stadium. This is meant to be. This is a Canadian football yeah. stadium um, through and through. And it's just a good place to play. Um, this uh, speaker up top has been always something I mind to try to throw up a ball and hit it this year one day in practice. So. A few kickers have tried in practice. Yeah, it's, and, it's and way up there. It's too. way up there. Yeah, it is, it's pretty high, that's for sure. Tell me, as a quarterback, when you're coming into a new stadium, what are you, what are you looking for? I guess you want to know where the... Number uh, one thing is the, is the, the play, the play clock? clock. Yeah, number one thing is where is the play clock? Is it low or left? If it's, is it high right? Is it high or low? Just so that when you're, when you're under center, it's the last thing you peak, you know? So that's like the first thing. And then end zones, you know, what the end zone looks like. So obviously in a place like Montreal with the curve end zones, it changes here. It's also what the background of the end zone looks like. So how can I put the ball in the corner and what, am I, what are my spots that I'm throwing to? A um, little bit of sideline trajectory. Um, what's behind your sideline throws so that you know where the sideline is um, in relation to whatever the scenery is behind it. Um, and then obviously depending on weather, you know, wind changes or wetness yeah. or whatever, that's that's all weather-based and not, not less stadium-based. But this is a beautiful place to play. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, you get, and you get all sorts of weather. I mean, hopefully, we yeah. haven't had a cold weather game for a few years. So <laughs> we're hoping, wood. Yeah, as much knock as we don't like wood. the cold weather, we're hoping for some cold weather games this year uh, for sure. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of memories here, man. Are you, are you a music fan? Yeah, I love music. This is, uh, you know, some of the bands that have played here? I don't. Uh, Rolling Stones, uh, ACDC, uh, Garth Brooks, uh, Luke. Combs. Uh, they've also had Queen, but not the group Queen. The actual Queen was here. Oh, wow. uh, the Pope was here a couple of years ago. Uh, this is there's a lot of history in this That's place. Awesome. That's My father's an sure. old. Uh, he worked for a rock and roll bands, so he did uh, built stages and did electrical work, did lighting work for a lot of traveling bands. He did with Carlos Santana and George Harrison, Commodores, and then he worked with Bill Graham in, in the Bay Area. So he did a lot of music production. So, oh, so music Rolling Stones, big yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was a big. I, mean, I remember growing up on Sundays, it was playing vinyl records on Sunday mornings, and yeah. Parliament Funkadelic is in, is instilled in my my brain as vacuuming. When we play Parliament Funkadelic, <laughs> my dad was vacuuming. You got to clean yeah. the house. So. What do you listen? What's your go-to now? What do you listen to now? Oh, 
I'm a little bit of everything. Uh, uh, right now, I'm listening to my, whatever my daughter listens to. Yeah. So she's on Trolls right now. <laughs> Trolls band together. I don't know if you've listened to it. We have it on vinyl. The yeah. vinyl's pink, if you can believe that. Trolls band, band together. Of course it is. Yeah, it's pink. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, there's a couple couple actually pretty good songs on there. Well, my grandson liked the Wiggles for a long time, so I had a lot uh. of Wiggles playing for a while. But, you know, I guess I'm, band I'm together is better than Wiggles. Teach about real music too. Oh, yeah. Well, she's a big James Brown fan, so I, I kind of know she's a James Brown fan. She loves Beyonce. Um, she loves her uncle Cootie. So her Beyonce Cootie. played here too. Did she really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Taylor That's too. Just, Taylor Swift. Hey. Day, yeah. So. Swifties are here. Yeah. Um, so. All right, you're coming to a new team. What's what's your objective when you get to training camp? Uh, just to kind of get yourself into into becoming a, an elk and integrate yourself into the team? I think there's there's two things. I think it's building culture and then it's and it's making sure that I'm prepared personally. So it's a balance of like understanding myself and my body and also myself and in, in my surroundings and amongst my teammates. So the biggest thing about training camp is, is the opportunity to meet your teammates. You want to meet them on a level of like, you know, what makes them cry, what makes them laugh, what, how, how, what, how do they get jazzed up? Are they more of a calm person? Are they yeah. more of a rah-rah guy? And understand that for each individual. Um, and then have some sort of buy-in what what are what is bringing us together what is the bonds that are going to connect us what are the sayings that are connect us and then for me personally it's also like making sure that i'm on a path where i'm peaking at the right time and my process is is solidified and i'm comfortable and so when it comes to game day it's it's complete freedom to perform you reached out to many of them yet a number of them i know i still have much more work to do uh, but i've talked to a couple of the receiving core and, and um, i'm looking forward to, to reaching out to some more here we as we get closer to to may and, and and do it slowly but do it the right way what was that conversation with uh, curly gittens like a couple of weeks ago when oh, they traded awesome. there? that was awesome <laughs> i love curly i love curly like a brother and um he's a phenomenal football player he's a special human uh special player he's got a special kind of of dog inside of him but a, a really kind soul as well and i'm just looking forward to building more and more chemistry with him and and us you know getting to know the the, the what has already been built here too um and getting us to get to know the, the edmonton experience and, and us to know what the locker room feels like and um how that can all kind of cohese together and, and be a, a really good 2024 campaign there are uh, quarterbacks who make receivers look good and there are receivers who make quarterbacks <laughs> look good i'm thinking gino lewis is yeah. in that category oh gino man I've, I've been watching his game for many years and i even told him i think in maybe uh 2021 when i played him in montreal um i said i'd love to throw the ball to you one day just because he's so beautiful at what he does yeah. he's when the ball's in the air it's not a 50 50 ball it's a 90 10 ball with him so very looking forward to building chemistry with him with, with a guy like him he, he, you can argue that he's never covered. You know whether the guy's next to him or not. If you put the ball in the right position, he can make he, he can make a play on it. And I love those type of receivers because um, I'm a field thrower too. Mm-hmm. If I know where your body language is telling you go, if I know what leverage you can get, I can put the ball in a spot where I can you know situate you away from a defender. So to build that chemistry and to see how he moves and how he runs his route and what what the body of his lean looks like or what's the tilt of his head when he comes out on a high route, that I can know where to place the ball is going to be a really fun fun process you, you got guys who are medium and deep threats and then you got a guy who led the league in yak yards last year yeah. and sort of yeah uh you got weapons you know, it's it's scary and i demitched to, to the list and, and the whole roster kind of down from there it's um swerve's a guy we got to get the ball in his hands you know early because once the ball's in his hand he's dangerous um so you know with brown in the backfield it's, it's a lot of pieces there that like is there enough ball to get them <laughs> enough touches? And that's going to be a fun challenge for, for me and for J-Jack and for the offensive staff. It's like, um, 
there's danger everywhere. So how can we put people in positions and get them the ball early and get them those touches so that that rhythm and those cycles are, are operating fast and early. And then you got a guy in the backfield who can uh, run the ball and swing out of the backfield yeah. and, and make plays too and Kevin Brown. Yeah, Kevin, I mean, he's so he's so dynamic and watching the film from last year, he's just a force and he's a spark. You know, you, you know those guys, you see him instantly when it's like, when they turn it on, it's like a, it's like a little firecracker and it takes off. So really excited to find him ways to get him the ball and including running and outside the, with the pass game as well. Have you talked to Kevin yet? Kevin, Kevin Brown? I have not talked to no. Kevin. No, no, that's one of the calls that's coming up soon. Is there going to be a conversation about a number when you talk to no, Kevin? No, no, I haven't even, I haven't <laughs> even broached it. I heard he, that's his, that's his number. And so, yeah, uh, you're number two though. Right? Yeah. But you know, I'm, I'm here for a new team. So yeah. we're going to, we're going to figure that one as we go. So yeah. uh, I think that's his and, and we'll find it. it's a new, new situation, new space. It can be a, a number doesn't make the man, the man makes the numbers. So. How, uh, how long you were number four? A uh, long time since high school. So yeah. my first ever number was 16. And then when I had the opportunity the first time to choose, I chose four. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a, on and off, but I've worn everything. So yeah. I've worn, you know, I've been on many teams in many different situations. So, so it's not a make or break thing for you. It's not a, a make or break. A lot of guys got to have their number, right? It's, well, it's, it's how you approach it, right? If you got to have your number, you got to have your number. But also I think it's understanding the situation and, and how it best fits this team in this situation. So, um, yeah, I think it would be a nice switch. What can fans expect this year from the Elks? I mean, there's a lot of new guys. It's been well-documented, a very difficult few years for this franchise. Uh, what can fans expect? I think we're going to... Building a winning culture, I think, is the biggest thing, is that is that rather than going out there and be like, oh, what team is going to show up today? You're going to see a team that's pushing to, to expect wins on a week-to-week -week basis, and that's not going to be done easily. It's going to be done day by day. Uh, we're going to practice hard. Um, we're going to prepare to put ourselves in a position to do everything right on and off the field throughout the week to when we get on game day, we're expecting to win. And we're going to be pushing from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. You're going to feel a, a force of, of we, you can't control at all, right? You can't control the bounce of a ball. You can't control the outcome, but you can control your intent and your purpose, and we're going to expect to win every time we step on the field. Are you watching video from last year, games from last year, to Absolutely. learn about your teammates? Absolutely, yeah. I'm working my way through and, and watching every position, you know, just learn how they move, what they're good at, um, and I'm going to take that process slowly and make my notes, but it's how receivers are coming out of the breaks. It's how running backs like, you know, to hit the hole. It's how quarterbacks are making their reads. It's how the O-line, what are they good at? Are they good at zone? Are they good at gaps games? Um, and there's a lot of really good pieces that have been put together here, so... You mentioned culture a couple times when I've talked to you. Uh, I want to go back. We talked just after you signed, and you said really, really interesting thing to me. You said, it's even how we pick up the garbage. Yeah. Uh, tell me about that. And, and you see all the great teams, whether it's down uh, south of the border or north of the border, the great teams, um, how you do everything is, anything is how you do everything, you know? So... Um, the way you pick up your tape. What do you do when you when you unwrap your ankles and, and you have a, that wad of tape? Do you decide to to toss it on the ground? Or do you decide to go find a trash can? It's the same decision as to remake. You know, you know you're supposed to push the 12 yards on your depth, but the defender's not letting you do it. Are you willing to take the easy road out and get pushed and shortened to eight yards? Or are you willing to make the effort because you know that everyone's depending on you to make that extra effort? And and that's a conscious decision um, that football allows you to learn those skills to apply to life. And that's what's so special about football and that's what's so special about that locker room is that you have a cohesive unit and when we're all giving of ourselves to create a, a greater good, 
that becomes a force that can't be stopped. I love the phrase you used with me before. You said you throw that tape on the ground, you just created extra work for somebody. Yeah. And we're all in this together. You all pull together. You pull, you know, pull, you pull your piece of the rope and everything's gonna, gonna be better. So um, that's exactly it. When, when you drop that, then someone else has to carry twice as much. And that creates an imbalance. And when everyone's kind of pushing and pushing the envelope and, and pushing towards the same direction, it can be create really, really great things. You got to meet some Elks fans this weekend? Yep. What was that like? That was awesome. It's just to see the, the passion and, and the, you know, in the off season, we're, we're not even four, three, four months away from, from training camp. And there were over 50 people in there that were excited about the season, that were talking about the season. You can see the passion in their eyes. You can see they want to win. Uh, the fans want to win. They want to cheer for something. They want to see good football. They want to see exciting football. Um, and that's exciting for, for a player because it's like you got someone pushing behind you. Uh, you got someone cheering for you, you know. Um, and I'm just excited to put a good product on the field that, that can make them proud. You're seeing Edmonton from a different angle this weekend. I'm driving you around to a few sites. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's you know, Edmonton to you is probably the airport, the hotel, and the stadium. Right? Yeah. <laughs> now it's a little different. Now it's a little different, and I get to see all the different aspects. So last night I, I looked up, you know, my, did my little internet search to see the history of Edmonton and, and where it's come from, and um, it's, that's, a, that's important to me because I think that when you have those, those connective roots that go deeper than the right now, that go into the past or go into the town, then there's a little bit of bigger why as to why you play the game, where you kind of understand the surroundings. I, I believe that the CFL game is so old that the ghosts are all here with us. You know, all the people that put blood, sweat, and tears into this game, they all they all left something here. They left an energy. They left a spirit. And if you can tap into that spirit, maybe you get a little couple extra bounces to go your way. It's pretty big names played here, too. Oh, man, man. Yeah. Warren in particular. You know, just to, to watch him throw a football, it was it was a artwork. It was a piece of you know like like Lynn Swan used to run routes. You know he did it with such grace. Yeah. Warren played the game and threw the ball particularly like an archer. You know it, it's truly beautiful to watch. So that that's one that sticks out in particular for me personally. Um, obviously knowing Ricky as well, but there's so many names. But Warren, it, it was such a graceful throw over the football. It, it's truly special. Okay, one more Edmonton thing we got to do today. Are you hungry? Yeah, absolutely. Let's go get a donair. Love it. All right, thanks, man. That was MBT's first ever donair watch the elks social channels to see a video if you liked it or not we'll check in with dave when we come back on the elks this week on 6 30 chat now more football talk on the elks this week here's morley scott on the voice of the edmonton elks 6 30 chad we're back. Thanks for joining us this week on The Elks This Week. We just heard from McLeod Bethel Thompson in the first part of the show. We're going to bring in your friend and mine, Dave Campbell, now to join us. Hey, Dave. Good morning. You listened to McLeod Bethel Thompson. What do you think? I'm impressed with, uh, he's very deep thinker. You know, very process-oriented. But I love that he's coming to Edmonton and he's not just showing up. He wants to know about Edmonton. He wants to know about the fan base, the history, uh, which he has done a good job of uh, doing his homework. I, he wants to make this work, and he wants to be an Edmontonian. And and I think that's what's very, really impressive, and I think Elks fans are going to love that. Yeah, that's for sure. He has done his homework. And I like, as you mentioned, I like the fact that he's coming and he wants to leave his mark, whether he's here for one year, two years, three three years or whatever, he wants to leave his mark on this franchise in some shape or form. And what I really liked is when he's, he talks about building a winning culture here. We have talked about that. That's been talked about from the from Chris Jones, from G. Roy Simon, from some players. But now you have someone that's actually been in a winning culture uh, before with the Toronto Argos. Has won two Grey Cups, been part of one, and was instrumental in another one a couple years ago. 
and you you got other players on the team like Curly Gittens and Boris Beattie and Javon Leak who have seen that as well, and Eugene Lewis and and there's other players on the team that understands winning culture. But now you have it from the quarterback position from your starting quarterback. I think that matters. I really do, and uh, I think it's important to bring in a guy who understands winning culture. And it's not just talk. It's actual substance behind it. And we heard uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson mention how excited he is to work with Geno Lewis. And I, I don't mean this as a slight to Taylor Cornelius or to Trey Ford, but Geno Lewis has to be excited as well. Uh, the first half of last year, he was working with a quarterback in Cornelius who was obviously struggling mm-hmm. and was having a hard time finding his game. In the second half of the season, he worked with a quarterback who was learning the league and was most of the time a run first quarterback and added some great excitement and helped the offense and helped win games but he was a run first guy Uh, I imagine Gino Lewis is pretty excited to work with the guy now who last season led the USFL in passing yards and the season before that led the Canadian Football League in passing yards Uh, I'm assuming Gino's uh, just rubbing his hands together and can't wait to get here well we, we knew that there were good pieces around the quarterback last year right but to me, it felt like they were a little bit wasted. Now, Geno Lewis got hurt and missed six games. Uh, Dunbar missed the last five or six games. But you look at Geno Lewis's numbers. I mean, he had 800-plus yards in 12 games. He plays all six in a year where the quarterback play, you know, wasn't the best. It wasn't terrible. I think Trey Ford, you know, performed pretty well under some tough circumstances. Mm-hmm. But let's face it. Was it consistent? You know, they need consistency. They need someone in McLeod that can move the ball downfield consistently and and stay on the field. And when you have a weapon like Eugene Lewis, I think you have to utilize that weapon properly. When you have Dylan Mitchell who had a bit of an off year, you need to utilize him properly. Curly Gittens, you know, still use Kyron more in the way that he was used last year. Kevin Brown, they need to find a way to be a consistent offense and not waste the explosiveness that they have on their on and the playmakers they have uh, aboard their football team. All right, uh, last uh, subject for you, Dave. We got a couple minutes here. Uh, free agency. Pretty much wrapped up. There's still some some top players out there. Mostly AC Leonard, I guess, is the, is the main guy. Give me your take on the Elks. Uh, they signed one guy in free agency in uh, Javon Leak. They signed a couple of guys before free agency uh, in MBT and Boris Beatty, and they signed most of their own players. So, how do you grade their free agency? You know, I think I think they did enough uh, on special teams to improve. I think they did a lot in offense on the offense to improve. We'll see what the offensive line does, but I think McLeod Bethel Thompson should help that offensive line because again, he will know where to go with the football. The concern I have is the defense, and uh, there's a lot of concern. I think from the end of the season to now, I would say the defense is worse. Now they haven't played a game yet. But you lose Jake Ceresna, that's a lot of production. You may not have A.C. Leonard back. We'll see. There's still time in the offseason, but that's 24 sacks out of your lineup. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And then you're hoping on new players and, and first and second or second and third year players all over to play uh, at, a, at a better level. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure right now, and I, I have big time question mark about this defense. We'll find I, out. Yeah, find out more in three months for yes. sure when they hit camp. Uh, Dave, I'm away next week, so you got the show next week. Uh, the week after that, there's no show because of Oilers hockey. So I'll see everybody else in three weeks' time to talk a little bit more uh, Elks football and CFL football here on the Elks this week. Thanks for joining us, everybody. My name is Morley Scott.